Welcome to the Gather Houston podcast. We are a Christian community practicing the way of Jesus in all parts of life and for the good of all people. Thank you for joining us today. So Gather, we are in our Lord, the Lord's Prayer series. Uh, we are excited of really for this season of practicing prayer, for we uh, are growing in that as pastors as well. For we are on the same journey that you are on. As uh, we talked about last week, kind of the, the, the kickoff of our series, and one of the things uh, I want to mention is when we talk about formation, and what we mean by formation uh, is the practice of presence and growing in awareness of and connection to the power of the Spirit of God. And then uh, when we talk about prayer, uh, what we mean uh, in, in the simplest terms, I, I love how Dallas, Will, Dallas Willard puts it. He says, prayer is a conversation about matters of mutual concern. And as we journey uh, through this season of contemplating the resurrection and into uh, the practice of prayer, I want us to know that practicing the way of Jesus is not about performance and perfection, for they do not earn us presence. For spiritual formation, uh, as Henry Nouwen puts it, he says, I've come to believe is not about steps or stages on the way to perfection. It's about the movements from the mind into the heart through prayer in many forms that connect us to God, to others, and to our truest selves. You see, uh, it was easy for the disciples, just like it is easy for us, uh, to get caught in the politics of our churches, our hierarchies. For the synagogue was the uh, kind of centerpiece of life within Jewish community. And that was a space where we see even in the uh, passages of the Sermon on the Mount, so we, it's chapters 5, 6, and 7, uh, we see uh, that Jesus mentions something along the lines of, do not go out on the street corners and pray these, grandi- or pray these grandiose prayers, for your reward has been received, right? And uh, I think uh, what Josh said was so profound last week, Uh, This idea of uh, performing or the manipulation of God or even the manipulation of our personas, the idea that we want to seem like the person who has prayed uh, for years, right? We don't want to seem like a novice. And in that, we miss just what it means to be present in all of our weakness and the mixture of our weakness and our strength and the presence of God. You see, uh, the disciples, right, ask tons of questions. There's actually a chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 24, and at the beginning, uh, it has this moment where Jesus uh, is walking away from the temple, symbolizing uh, the, the old world order. And it literally says, Jesus is walking away. And as Jesus is walking away, his disciples call his attention uh, to the temple, back to the old way of life. And uh, what that means and why I'm saying it is because so many times we 
are like the disciples, which is not a bad thing. But we sometimes draw attention to old ways of life. That Jesus is asking us to leave behind the ways that subjugate, the ways that divide, the ways that take from our joy in, in leading us into this life of abundance where scarcity is but a figment of our imagination. And we draw Jesus's attention to, or our attention is drawn to the kingdoms of old. And so as I read the text today, I want us, as we begin to talk about kingdom language, to maybe see the vision that Jesus has for the new way of life and the way that's actually leading us into life and into abundance. So I'm going to read the text for us, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. It says this, And this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive, as we, as, off, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Let us lead not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And we're going to focus on this, the, the verse 10. Your kingdom... Come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we think uh, about this idea of kingdom, and as we look uh, in Matthew, uh, the, this space of kingdom is where God's reign by the power of the Spirit of God is found. Where that is found is in you and I and in the world around us. You see, if we were to translate verse 10, it would sound more like this. Let your reign take place here as it does in the air. Because on earth as it is in heaven is not this idea of a faraway land that we will go to. Heaven is not this faraway land that we will go to one day. But heaven is coming down and parts and pieces of heaven is here now. It's in us. It's around us. And how that word heaven is translated is actually sky and air. So let your reign be here as it is in the air and the sky. And I love this beautiful imagery of air because it's all around us and it's unseen. That when we talk about the presence of God, the presence of God is around us and in us. Every breath we take, heaven and the presence of God and the resurrection power is around and in us. And as we talk about this idea of kingdom and what formation happens when we think about God's view of us and God's view of the world. I hope we see that the beauty of the kingdom is that all receive an invitation. 
No matter uh, who you are, circumstances, socioeconomic uh, status, race, gender, sexual orientation, social acceptance, no matter who you are, there is room for you. And with that invitation comes a response. We are not forced into the kingdom, but we are able to respond to the invite. And in this kingdom, uh, there is no longer a space where we have to defend or pretend, but where we are able to live into our truest selves and all of what it means to be human and all of what it means to be loved and in community and to be known. And uh, for a lot of us, this idea of kingdom or this idea of uh, kingdom come and this idea of just an invitation, right? It it might not be as exciting uh, if maybe you have always been included. It might not be as exciting if uh, you have never found yourself on the fringes, if you have never found yourself in a space where dignity is questioned, where image is questioned. But in this space, the kingdom, right, once we see the beauty in the kingdom, and I believe that we will see the beauty in all creation, and everything that is around us. For the kingdom is here. It is present in our midst. Now I want us to know that even if you might have been included your whole life, you have never been included into a feast that is like this in the midst of abundance. You see, uh, what Josh said last week about this idea of Jesus's teaching about prayer. It was never about this idea of maybe how to form a prayer, but it's about how to be formed by prayer. For uh, when we are able to contemplate the beauty of this Hebrew poetry that we see, that we are able to see that in its simple nature, that is asking for more of God to be in more of us is asking for more of God to be in us and more of God to be around us. More holiness, more goodness, more love, more generosity, more abundance. You see, uh, we have brought the lie. And uh, we, as teachers of Scripture, have been a part of it as well. I'm not distancing myself, but we uh, have brought the lie that heaven is some faraway land that we will inhabit one day. And we miss what the teaching of Jesus was, that the new world order is passing away, or the old world order is passing away, and the new world order is come. And, and so what that means is that heaven uh, is making its way here uh, in pieces, but it is coming in presence, and it is here. And now, I know some of us are thinking that all of earth and all of our life is not heaven-ish. Fair. But the gospel and the hope of the gospel is that, but it can be, and it should be, and one day in fullness it will be. For we are formed not only by the hope, 
but also by the proof, the sight of pieces of heaven coming down and the presence of heaven all around and also by the beauty of heaven that's in you and I. I have the opportunity in prayer. We have the opportunity in prayer in this kingdom, in the kingdom that has come, in the kingdom that is coming in full to be partners with God, not puppets. For he invited us and we get to have a response to the invitation. As I close, I want to close with a prayer by St. Francis of Azizi. And this prayer is what I would say is kind of modeled after the Lord's Prayer. For our hope is that prayer will be the door to the path of partnering with God to appreciate the goodness in us and in our world, and that we would ask for more. St. Francis does a little bit of that. Says it like this, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine, grant that I may not seek, that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And I do not want to leave this space without mentioning the name of Dante Wright. As black men and women in this country the idea that we continue to have to prove that we deserve dignity, that we are being, being treated in a way that does not signify equality or equity. I believe in the message of Jesus so much more because of the oppression and subjugation and the brutalizing that continues to happen to people who look like me, black and brown. And before I leave, I shared this story before, but I did a study in Negro spirituals. And why they blessed my soul so much was because how can a people that are being brutalized and subjugated believe in a God that their oppressors are telling them their bondage is God ordained? Their treatment is what God wanted. And if they obey, then they are following in the footsteps and the will of God. There's this passage Uh, In Jeremiah 8, 18 through 22, where Jeremiah is lamenting and he says, uh, is there a bomb in Gilead? And there's this Negro spiritual 
that answers Jeremiah's question. And our brother James Cone has this beautiful book, and he says this. I'm going to read a little bit of it. He says, Black Hope Accepts History but believes that the historical is in motion, moving toward a divine fulfillment. That it is the belief that things can be radically otherwise than they are. That reality is not fixed, but is moving in the direction of human liberation. Amen. To believe that there was hope in the midst of oppression meant that black slaves' vision of the future was not limited to their present state of slavery. They looked beyond the condition of servitude and perceived that the real meaning of their existence was still to come. The present moment of slavery was thus transcended by God's faith in God's future, or by faith in God's future, a liberated future. This was spiritual. There is a bomb in Gilead to make the spirit whole. And there's a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. And so as I encourage you today, there is a bomb in Gilead. As I encourage you today, there is a kingdom of abundance. And the kingdom is not far in a far-awaited future. But the kingdom is here in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is in us and all around us. And as we are formed by this truth, let us not be afraid to sit in the presence of God and to ask for more of him to be in more of us and around us. Lord, you are good to us, and we thank you for your abundance at the table. We thank you for the invite that you extend and the response that you give us the opportunity to freely make. Lord, I pray for our world. I pray for the healing. I pray for the oppressed to know that they are loved and they have dignity and they are made in your image. Lord, be with us as we go through our week. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in Gather, check out our website at gatherhouston.org or visit us on Sunday at 10 a.m.